Welcome, everybody, to episode 22 of Random Encounter. Uh, this will be take two of episode 22. I'm your host, Robert Steinman, Pale Robbie on the boards. Yes, we recorded an original episode 22. Uh, it was full of awesome. Let's see. We had uh, David Cage on, and I got into a verbal argument with him over Heavy Rain, how wrong he was. Yeah. No, um, we, we, we sang Gonna Take You for a Ride for Marvel vs. Capcom. We did, we did, we did actually sing that. Um, so we had a podcast, and uh, the software equipment kind of blew up, so we lost it. And we apologize to you guys for that. So we're going to try something a little different today. But first, let's introduce everybody else. Joining us, we have special guest back from the E3 show of the podcast. Uh, Kimberly Wallace. I'm K-Star on the boards, also managing editor. Okay, excellent, excellent. And then we have the man with many titles. Uh, this is John McCarroll. I am news editor. I think you've used that one before. I think you're right. I'm, I'm running He's out. using it again. You did junior um, I was, I was pictures junior, editor junior last time. Editor. I was junior pictures editor in... Junior the- systems analyst. All right. <laughs> okay. No, and I, then we have the man from Japan. Uh, Steven Myring, Talos on the boards. I am now head of soundtracks, and my cat is going crazy. No kitty. <laughs> no kitty. Stop eating my PlayStation controller. That's a great meme. That's a great meme. So like I said, <laughs> we're going to try something a little different this week. Um, we talked about games in the first take of our podcast. Uh, obviously, I think it would be hard for us to do that again. So what we're going to do is we each came up with like our own special little topic about the games that we've been playing. And I think if we discuss them, it'll still give us an idea of the games that we were playing during the first podcast. But we can also try to cre- create like some greater discussion at length. So uh, without further ado, I was going to let Kim start but she got all uh, demure and didn't want to start so we're gonna go with uh, john mccarroll games are too long wow oh son of a <laughs> no if oh, yeah, anything kind of... i don't i think they're becoming more they're shorter now instead of they're being still longer. too long no no I... because everything's coming down to a handheld lately so we're not getting that like 50 to 70 hour RPG that we are getting I, when they're coming I, on consoles. I, I'm getting to the point where, you know, maybe it's the fact that I'm supposed to be a grown up now. But yeah, <laughs> okay. note, note, note the supposed to. I'm supposed to be a grown up. Okay. And I I don't have, you know, I, I look at when I was in college and I was playing Persona 3 and Persona 4, and I played like 85% of Persona 3 and I beat Persona 4. I don't have the combined 140 hours to put into those two games. It's like, uh, and you know, I when I played Dragon Age 2, I sat down and I played it for the website over a weekend, and I played 22 hours in two days or three days, and it was like the most grueling experience of my life. I can only really play like an hour and a half of games a day without feeling bad. Like, I, I feel unproductive almost. You know, I'm going to I'm going to agree with you on that a little bit. I've noticed that um when I was in graduate school and when I was in college, I found it a lot easier to spend ridiculous amount of time playing games. I think the biggest one that I did was um Final Fantasy 9 when I played it the first time, I beat it in 6 days. 70 hours. Rob I really that, like you. <laughs> that, <laughs> but it beat the crap out of me. Like I like I was pastier than usual. There was a nice collection of pizza boxes. You know, my parents are all worried about me. But now it's like if I have an hour or two to sit down and play a game, I consider myself to be like lucky during a day. And I guess what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a more fulfilling experience. That's why at first when Dragon Age 2 was said to be a lot shorter than Dragon Age 1, I was like, oh, no, they ruined it. And then I started playing, and I was like, no, that was 
fairly satisfying. You know, I played it over the course of a few days because I had a I had a long weekend. But if I had been playing that while I was teaching, while I was doing my job, I, that would have taken me like a month to beat. Yeah. That's a long time to invest like, into a game. You say Kimberly mentioned handhelds, but even with Dragon Quest Nine. Like I started playing Dragon Quest Nine, and I got like 15 hours into it over the course of almost two months, and I just stopped because I'm nowhere close to anything. Like, and for for me, like I I know that there are lots of people out there who want 80, 70, 80 hour games. Like when I was in high school, and Star Ocean Two, I spent a hundred hours with, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. But I maybe I games just aren't grabbing you like they used to. I think I'm. I was agreeing with you, Kim. I'm really sorry. Hard. <laughs> I know you are, but having really hard to get into. And I think for me, when I was playing, you know, years ago, I never wanted my journey to stop because I'd get really attached to characters. But that's not happening as much to me now. So I feel like you feel it more. And plus, like not to quote Jesse Spano from Safe by the Bell, but there's never any time. So I feel like I want something that's going to like make me addicted right away and not, you know, have to be where you spend like five hours, 10 hours, whatever, before you really get invested in what you're doing. Well, so it could just there. be a pacing issue. I, but I, I kind I, of that, agree with that because I think I'm kind of in the middle because on the one hand, I used to think, you know, I wanted all of them to be, you know, wanted every game to be, you know, 60, 70, 80 hours, but you know, as time becomes more limited, you know, I say to myself, oh, I'm never going to finish this. And then the backlog just keeps piling up. But then on the other hand, I think Kim is right. A lot of, you know, they don't hook you. With, many games don't hook you as well as they used to. You know, look, for example, uh, you reviewed Artonelico, Kim, and the characters in that game. And I can't say I've played it, so I don't know for certain. Look horrendous. And how can you spend that much time with characters that are that awful? Well, then, it's but interesting. Then on the other too. hand, mm-hmm. you get a game where, you know, you have really engaging characters like Radiant Historia, or at least I think Radiant Historia has really interesting characters, but the game, and I, and I hate to say this because I feel like, you know, people that like it might shoot me down, but the game, they obviously stretch the game out far longer than it had to be to make it long because you go through areas too many times and just everything gets repetitious and the only thing that's different is the dialogue it feels like they could have condensed the game to an extent and it would have been just as fun but it would have felt fresher the whole way through i feel like there's also a problem with balance like between gameplay and story one seems to always take a back seat to the other and it depends on what's more important to you i've you know, Stephen, I've seen you say that Radiant Historia has reused quite a bit of areas, which is making it hard for you to go through, but you're hooked on that story, so you're going to keep going through to complete it, you know? Exactly. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the characters are real, like, the characters aren't, you know, they're not way out there. They're not, you know, huge stereotypes. I mean, you can eventually stereotype any character, but the fact is they're normal people and they act, they react normally. And that's, I think, what bothers me about a lot of characters lately in games. And the reason I can't sit with them is because the characters in most games these days react totally unrealistically to whatever's going on. Like, I remember playing uh, Sands of Destruction. And the characters in Sands of Destruction, which was, I think that game was about 30 hours. The characters in that game never quite reacted to the fact that they were doing these insane things. They were just like, oh, well, let's keep going. Someone just died and the world is ending. Well, 
let's keep going. Let's have dinner. Well, I mean, you got to keep the world going. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because I was playing um, Mass Effect 2. I, I restarted a game of Mass Effect 2. And the opening of Mass Effect 2, you are like right there. Like you're basically brought back from the dead. You're like a freaking space vampire. And it's like, here's a gun. Time to start shooting things. And like – I really like that opening, and it definitely got me pulled into the world. But then you have other games like Fallout 3 where the beginning is very, very slow. The beginning is very methodical, and it brings you in from an immersion standpoint rather than a guns blazing standpoint. Well, like I I, I think that a game can do it successfully either way. Like you you mentioned Fallout 3. I, I never felt disengaged from Fallout 3. Fallout 3 had me from the very beginning because it was like, Hey, I'm here in this world and I'm going and I, I dug that and I went and I was like, wow, this is great to explore. But, you know, and Mass Effect 2 was kind of like, OK, here, let's go. Boom, you're here. But I think Mass Effect 2 could do that because Mass Effect 2 assumed you were familiar with the world already. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah, Follow, no. Fallout maybe. Three... Oh, go ahead. No, I just think maybe the key here is that maybe we need better introductions into games where it just hooks you right from the beginning. I think that's there's been this um, it's taking too long for people to get invested. And when you don't have as much time as you used to, it it really starts to eat away at you that you're not totally in with this game. And I think it's really hard to do to have that really compelling introduction. But I think you're right with Mass Effect where it kind of, you know, it assumed in the second one you already knew the world. So it didn't feel like it had to go back and explain everything to you. Yeah. And I look at I look at Mass Effect 2, and I think Mass Effect 2 is a game that does it right. Like, I and Fallout 3 as well to a lesser extent. Fallout 3, there's never really a dull moment. And the game's not incredibly long. There's never a point where I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta do this. Well, to be fair, there's the mining, but <laughs> we'll leave that be. Uh, but there was never really a point when you're actually controlling Shepard where you're like. Oh man, I gotta go and I gotta kill a bunch of Batarians so that I can level up. No, it keeps you going along and you're golden the entire game. There was not a point where I was like, eh, there, there's this barrier that's keeping me. You know, we, uh, I, I look at a lot of MMORPGs and it, I, I retired from WoW now a year and a half ago. And it, it's those kind of games, it's like there is a barrier between the player and the content um we just had our final fantasy feature final fantasy 11 i think was one of the worst perpetrators of this in the mmo world where it was okay there's this content here and this story and the stuff that that could very well be fantastic but you have got to go kill lizards in the desert for the next 200 hours before yeah no thanks no thanks no thanks I think uh, I, I was playing Borderlands as well, and that that'll um, go with my topic later on in the show. But I was playing Borderlands, and like the start of Borderlands is so ridiculously slow. You're just on a planet, and you're just told to go shoot skags, and it's like uh, okay, and you're doing that for like three hours at the start of the game, and it's. And then you go and you start killing a lot of raiders and you kill a lot of raiders for like three hours. And then you go do this for like three hours. And it's just, you know, eventually the game, the game gets screwed up in its flow and its content and what it's throwing at you. We'll, we'll so talk maybe, about this. Oh, go ahead, Kimberly. No, I was saying so maybe there needs to be more balance between like gameplay and story. Maybe the problem like with Borderlands is that it didn't give you enough 
between all those sessions well, where you, you had know, to basically grind and stuff you, like that. You and I played Borderlands together, Kimberly. Borderlands has no story. Yeah, that's, I've that's never half the invested problem. in that story at all, and I'm very much a story girl, but that was one game where I just played it for the gameplay, and I honestly could not care about the story in any shape or form. Yep. Which, I gave the story a 70, which I want to go retcon that and give it like a 40, but I can't. Um, <laughs> you know, it, there really is no story. It's, oh, hey, there's a vault. It's got a whole bunch of crap in it. Um, you got And there's this, this weird... girl who talks to you in between and tries yeah. to put you to where you should go. All right, now you need to go get this gun that shoots dogs. Go. <laughs> no, and, and I think I, if they made a second one, if they tap deeper into the narrative, I think that would be interesting, and I'd like to explore that. You want a conversation wheel? It's like, do you want to go kill Skags or not kill Skags? Well, I'm all about choice in games, so I would go for that. Now, what's funny is, even though uh, Borderlands didn't have a story, it had funny things going to it. Well, what was the name? I forget his name. The old man that you meet at the very beginning of the game. Ned? Yeah, Ned Shack, and then there's Zombie Ned later on. Oh, uh, yeah. So another game that is not an RPG, but actually has huge pacing issues, and I'm going to talk about it just because the series is commonly referred to as an RPG, and we cover it. Uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow was about 20 hours long, and it should have been, like, eight. It really showed me that, like, if you take the God of War mentality of a game and you just keep stretching it, you don't fill it with things that make it more interesting you're kind of just doing the same thing over and over and over again that i think is the number one problem that i have i have no problem if a game is 40 hours and it's 40 hours and it's all good but i don't want to play a 40 hour game for 10 hours of content like it's okay if you're developers listen to me I know you're not listening, but you need to listen to me. <laughs> I know you're not listening, but still. Yeah. No, I agree with this totally. This is what happened in Recoded. Like, it should have ended way sooner than it did, but they tacked on this extra content that felt very disjointed from everything else that you were doing. And it also felt so tacked on that I kind of was like, okay, I get this. You did this to draw out the time. So you could say it had so many gameplay hours, but it just didn't work because it wasn't even fun content to go through. Oh, you know what? That's... I, I'm going again on the non-RPG thing, like like Rob did. Um, Gran Turismo 5, I don't want to grind for credits anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to happen eventually. Like, no, I, I grinded. Wait, didn't for... you do those races where you didn't even have to be yes, at your no, PS3? You, no, what's great is is now there's even a point where you can turn on your PS3, load in Gran Turismo 5, and control it from a website from anywhere. So I could theoretically boot up Gran Turismo 5, go to work, and be like, okay, Beast Break Driver, race and get me money. <laughs> so you basically have your own little Korean gold farmer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Most gold farmers tend to be Chinese. Koreans actually have a much higher GDP. Sorry. Lesson <laughs> of the day, Rob. I really do agree, though, with what Kim was saying, too, is that they take these games that are just, they're not meant to be longer, and just to sell them to people on the internet who are going, oh my god, it's so short, it's not worth your value. Yep. It, you know, they do that, and Recoded was a really bad example, cause, or a good example, because Recoded, it's a cell phone game. It was like six or seven hours on the cell phone, and they stretched it to like 25 on the DS. I have, and I mean, go ahead. Reco Recoded is over after the first 10 hours because at that exactly, point, you didn't want it to go on any longer than that. You were done. 
And the the reason what they could have taken out is what they added to the to the DS version of the stupid little like debug dungeons because they're all the same, they're all annoying, and they're fun for maybe the first three of them, and then they're never fun again. They could have just taken that game and basically put all like the weird little mini games together and the regular combat. It would have been ten hours, twelve hours long, and it would have been and not charged much four ninety nine for it. <laughs> yeah, they could have charged twenty bucks for it, and it would have been yeah, much exactly. better. Mm-hmm. I I agree. One thing that's interesting that uh, that THQ is talking about with like their new MX versus ATV game, which which maybe this should have been my topic, but oh well, where where developers are releasing games that are have less content, but have an aggressive DLC schedule. So the new MX versus ATV game is only going to be forty dollars, but it's going to have a bunch of DLC with it. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting way to go about it. Hmm. Where. You know, I, I, you know, I bought literally all of the Mass Effect 2 download content. Um, well, no, I didn't buy the weapon hacks, but that's because I don't want to waste two dollars at a time. Um, but I, it would be interesting where if you were to give me like a the sh- take the shell of Mass Effect, you know, strip out half of the characters, you know, get rid of Jack and and whoever that I didn't use. And offer, or even some of the characters that I did use, because I would be more likely, you know, say they offered Jack and Garrus and, uh, you know, whoever else is download content, you know, I'd want to buy Garrus. You know, if you offered Garrus for three dollars, I'd buy Garrus. I'm sorry to interrupt, but if they offered Garrus for sixty dollars, I would buy Garrus. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little creepy. But quiet, Rob. I I made my girlfriend play as Femme Shepherd so I could see the Garrus romance. That's that's really creepy. <laughs> Don't judge me. Uh, we should probably we should probably wrap up this part Wait, of the discussion I, so we move on a, to somebody else. I have else. a question for for Stephen. Stephen, do you have the flexibility? Oh God. Wait. Which which uh, just, which one? Can we? I have the reach. I'm, it's saying, I'm supposed to, ha- I'm supposed to have the reach. <laughs> okay. Um. Let's move on to Kim. Kim, I'm sure you have a topic of discussion that can get us away from things throbbing garris breach what well i kind of wanted to go and talk about when they resurrect a series that has been no more for a while and they do it and kind of forget what the fans liked in it to begin with and the biggest example i can think of this as of recently was the third birthday you went into that game and you wanted aya brea you wanted this tough chick who was going to go after things and you got everything but that I Abrea. And so if you were a fan of the series before that, that it made it very hard to play the game. And cause you basically saw a character who was unrecognizable before your eyes. And it comes back to the point that square is not really focusing on what their fans are looking for with these games. They have, they're very passionate about these series. And I just felt very disappointed with all that. What's interesting think, is his third birthday was definitely a failure there. And you look at other games like Bionic Commando, the the Bard's Tale remake, like Asheron's Called Who, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog for Xbox 360, that are these reboots that really don't work. And they're awful games. Their fans don't like them. But that, that just doesn't happen very often. But you get the occasional one. So, you know, Baldur's Gate 2 for PC, Hardcore, Dungeons & Dragons. It's for the nerds, for you and me. And then you had Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance for the PS2, which was nothing like the PC Baldur's Gate games. But it was a good game, and it found a different audience. Now, I don't think that Third Birthday did this, 
at all. I think that maybe it found people who really wanted a shooter for the PSP, but sometimes it works, but not often. I think, too, that's actually pretty interesting, because um, you could think of good examples of it, too, on the other hand. Like, with the new Deus Ex, I've been actually watching, they've been doing developer interviews, and they're trying to make a game that appeals to a new audience, but has what the original game did, and they're spending a lot of time doing that, but they're not doing, say, what Sega did with Sonic 4, which is literally just keep remaking the game whenever fans say something is wrong, and then you end up with something that nobody likes. And it seems like they're sticking to their design ideas, but they're willing to make small changes. Like, when the Deus Ex Human Revolution gameplay trailers first came out, there were these bright orange boxes around everything. And the original game had highlights on everything. But in this game, they were standing out really bad. And they said, well, we want it, you know, we want people to know what you can interact with. So as a compromise, when they saw people, you know, freaking out about it, they just added the ability to turn off the highlights. Yep. So I they, they made a compromise, not with their design philosophy, but with, you know, allowing people to play it the way they want to play it. And I think that's much better than, say, creating a game like The Third Birthday that's only going to appeal to a very specific set of people who are probably not the fans of the original games. Well, here's the, I think it all comes down to balance because I'm thinking of Dragon Age 2 right now. And a lot of the people who found a lot of love in Origins, you know, went to 2 and they didn't feel what they felt when they played Origins, which was like this big overreaching story for the greater cause. And like, I'll be honest, I played about 10 hours of Origins and I could never get into it. But Dragon Age 2, like, was easy for me to pick up and play. I don't play many Western RPGs, so I think that had a great deal. I don't think it was a bad thing that they made it accessible for new for new players, but I think they just didn't get the right balance to also keep their fan base that, you know, had really dug on Origins. And I think what it comes down to and everything is balance. Yep, and I, I, I agree with you there, but on the other hand, I think Dragon Age may not be the fairest example because mm -hmm. no matter what they did, people were going to be complaining about it. Because I, I I enjoyed Origins, but I enjoyed Dragon Age 2 more, even though I don't think it's as technically sound a game. Mm -hmm. I think I think that the, the fact of the matter is people just wanted them. People are offended by, oh, they're dumbing this game down for the mainstream audience, and it's cool to hate on a game for doing that. Everybody does it. And Bioware... You know, I do think they did made a they made a lot of concessions for the casual kind of player, but but also the fact I is, say it's with... still an excellent game. Mm -hmm. But whether even if they had only made a few concessions, people would still be railing against the game, saying, "Oh my God, they dumbed it down. This is horrendous. I hate Bioware." And I also and, want to look at Bioware as an example because they do something actually that most people aren't doing. They make their games for more than one specific audience. I feel like they're working so this is not a game that just one particular person can like. It can um, appeal to a variety of people. So I don't think it was bad what they did with Dragon Age 2. I think that, you know, they did something very different than Origins and that people couldn't accept that almost, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh -huh. People don't people don't like change, even though the change in, in Dragon Age 2 wasn't that bad. And I agree completely. Bioware does a great job making their games appeal to a lot of people. I mean, what one thing I thought was interesting was before Mass Effect 2 came out. And I remember because I, I, I was at Bioware Studios of the November report came out and it came out in what, January. And uh -huh. people were freaking out because the games uh, aiming it wasn't RPG anymore. You know, it was like, oh, Actual my God. Game. Yeah, it's actual aiming. What the, you know, what's going on, Bioware? What is this? And I remember when the game came out, that like all disappeared. Yeah. Because they were like, oh, it was awesome. 
this is good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. When I first came to the site, uh, Pat asked me to review Mass Effect 2. And I, I had played like eight hours of Mass Effect 1, and I hated it. And I was like, Pat, I'm really the wrong guy to play this. Like, I hate Mass Effect 1. I hate the fact that it doesn't control properly as a shooter. If you give me this review for Mass Effect 2, I'm probably going to tear it a new one and already tick people off on the site. And Pat was like, no, it's it doesn't control like that anymore. It controls like a proper shooter. And I, I, okay, whatever. It goes on to Steam sale. I pick it up, and I, I shoot somebody right in the face with my sniper rifle, and they die. You know. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, oh. It, it controls properly now. The biggest problem I had with Mass Effect 1 between that and the awful, atrocious, god-awful inventory system, those are both gone. This is okay. I can now enjoy the story. I can enjoy the character interactions, and I'm not struggling to shoot aliens in the face. And See, if you <laughs> think about it, it makes sense, too, because – I believe that Mass Effect 2 is the game they were trying to make with the first one. I really do. I agree. You know, they didn't streamline it down. They made the game closer to what they wanted it to be. They always wanted Mass Effect to be an action RPG with, you know, role-playing elements. Yeah. And Bioware, just real quick, Bioware has always sucked with loot. Uh, They just suck when it comes to loot. Like, there's maybe one good armor set in dragon age that you like but really it's just a lot of vendor trash and i couldn't get over like the inventory system for mass effect one and just being like god i hate all of this i have like thirty thousand rifles and i don't care what any of them do i can't even properly figure out what they do meanwhile i'm playing as an infiltrator in mass effect 2 and it's like either you get the one shot sniper rifle that does massive damage or you get the semi-automatic sniper rifle that has a lot more ammo and I, it's like I can understand that. I can deal with that. It, it's a nice, clean inventory system that, yeah, it doesn't handle the loot angle that well. You're, you don't have a glowing orange weapon, but I like it. It works. No, and I applaud Bioware with Mass Effect 2. For me, what I've noticed sometimes with series, my whole thing when I play a game in the series, the next game, I always want it to be better than what I had gotten the first time around. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't. And this kind of goes back to my topic with, you know, they had a really strong game and they came back and it didn't measure up. So with Bioware being able to do that with Mass Effect 2, I think that's a good example of um, a game that succeeds on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So any final thoughts on third birthday there, Kim? I mean, we, we talked about a lot in take one of our podcast, and we, we brought up the assless chaps a lot. So is there anything else that we want to talk about that square boned with this series? Well, I think what it comes down to is even with the assless chaps and everything, I could have ignored it if the character was still true to herself. And if the story actually had something, my whole issue with the story is it was trying to throw you into cheap plot twists without making sense just for effect so that sounds think... like no other game that we've talked about <laughs> recently on this show so you know such as such as um oh what heavy rain no and i will disagree <laughs> with you on that one. Oh, Go for god's sake why is it that every person that that woman runs into tries to kill or rape her Oh, you're going back to Madison? She was an awful character. (laughs) If anybody character needed to be killed off in that game, it was her. I I think they wanted to make a strong character there, but they failed completely. What Heavy Rain did that... (laughs) 
whatever Rain did that made it successful was I actually cared. I was a freaking nervous wreck during that entire game, during every decision that I made. I was like, oh my gosh, am I making the right choice? Is somebody going to die? Oh my god. See, all I could think is like, wow, I totally understand why she has sleeping problems and doesn't want to go outside <laughs> because everyone she runs into is trying to Oh, come on. When the guy her. was like, do you want me to pour your drink? You knew that was a bad idea. Okay. Oh my. Well, what's You're funny like, no, is don't I, do that. I did that scene again and I just kept having her drink and I just kept doing it. I literally did it 50 times and that glass never disappeared. <laughs> she just kept drinking. Oh my God. I just, seriously, I understand why she's so paranoid. Everyone hates her. <laughs> I, I agree, Rob, but the thing is, it's just like Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 has a bad character, Isabella. Heavy Rain has a bad character, Madison. Well, ha- ha- Dragon Age 2 is exactly but, the same. I was going to say, Heavy Dragon... Rain succeeds because, like Kim said, some of those decisions are nerve wracking. Sure. The, the, the part at the end of the game where uh, you're in Ethan's car and you have to find out, you know, you have to figure out where the killer is right now, and it's based on all the clues you have, and you you can pick the wrong place. That's like completely nerve wracking. Like if you make the wrong decision there, you killed his son. Even though the game basically spells it out for you and tells you that you need to go near water. Well, yeah, the game does, but you have still to pay attention. There yeah. are people that don't pay attention while they play games, and if they miss that, they miss the whole point. For and me, it was like a bigger thing of could I kill a character off? Like, was this deci- decision okay, or was it throwing me into something harder gameplay-wise because I made the wrong one? I think a good example of this is I'm playing Dragon Age 2 right now. I'm actually just about done. And you can tell where your decisions are kind of going to lead. Some of them I have been ambivalent on where I didn't know where I wanted to go. But in the end, I knew no matter how I chose, like it wasn't going to be a huge whatever. Certain cases you can kill someone off, but it wasn't to the extent of heavy rain. Where I'll like, agree with that. I, the emotional trauma that game put me through. Children in games, like when you know that you could potentially not save a child, that is like really scary. You wanted to save Jason? Jason. Jason. Oh, I, and one thing to to Dragon Age uh, one and two, and then maybe we can move on. Is uh, I think the best part of Dragon Age one is the lands meet because it's like a self-contained narrative portion where you're the choices that you make and the interactions that you have with characters flow directly to who is going to be king and who is going to lead this army against the archdemon. Meanwhile, the ending of Dragon Age two is well, you can side with this group or this group. But it doesn't matter. You're going to fight the same two bosses at the end of the game, and everything's the same. Oh, yeah, that was that was not a, like that made me angry. That was very yeah, that disappointing. Was, I mean, that was pretty weak. That and was miss characters know, and be okay with the ending. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know what else was bad oh. about the, in Dragon Age Two is the fact that they spent all this time trying to build up uh, what's her name, the the Knight Templar lady and Aveline the, and the. No, not Aveline. The uh, oh, I know who you're Meredith. talking about. I know who you're yeah. talking about too. Meredith, and then the uh, the mage guy, the leader of the mages. Yeah. They spent all this time trying to make them sympathetic, and then they make. Were we allowed to say spoilers? Spoilers. They we are they... going to spoil. You can just say they make not the best. They, they, they make those characters become completely unsympathetic, and it just destroys all the buildup they had to them. I like the fact that in Dragon Age, it's like, well, all mages are blood mages, and the mages are like, no, we're not. And then it turns out that, yes, indeed, about 99% of mages that you fight in Dragon Age are blood mages. And all of them become blood mages. <laughs> if, if They're like, I would never turn to blood magic, but I can't because they're murdering my people. I must become a blood mage. It's the only way. Yeah, then we have the, the great debacle of one of the main characters committing an act of terrorism, <laughs> which, uh, which was just like, huh? 
So, Rob. Um, can uh, I guess? No, don't guess. <laughs> no. Uh, so on on podcast uh, beta or podcast alpha or whatever we're calling the one that uh, that got lost, we had mentioned that Kimberly should, did not pick up Isabella in Dragon yeah. Act Two. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we got we got to the end of Act Two, and that fight plays out very differently. I want to know how. Can we talk about it after the podcast? I really want to know. I'm actually well, curious we, too. We, well, we can we can talk about it now. Just note this is a spoiler for the end of Act Two of Dragon Age Two. So the best act. <laughs> yeah. Skip skip maybe five minutes ahead if you don't want to listen to it. But so in in the end of the second act, at least for myself and Stephen and and Rob, uh, you had to fight the Arashok alone, and it sucked. And it was easy. It was it impossible. Was... <laughs> That fight was so annoying. That was the only fight that I found more annoying than the Act 1 boss fight. I had to kite him with my archer rogue, and I just gave up. So, um... I brought my dog. When <laughs> Kimberly had to fight... Kimberly apparently fell down a flight of stairs. <laughs> um, when Kimberly had to fight the Arashok, um... So, you know how they're, like... I don't know, 25 Kunari in that room? Yeah. You have to fight all of them. Yeah, I beat all of them when I did it, and it was easy. No, like, with the Arashok. Yes, I did it, because I couldn't beat him one-on-one, -on -one, so I said, F it, I'm going to use my whole oh. crew, and we just tanked the crap out of him. Oh, that, okay, so that the, the solo option is not an option. Like, uh -huh. the Arashok is just like, where's the relic? And you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, I'm going to destroy you now. <laughs> <laughs> so he, the, you never find out what the relic is, and you never get it because you don't have Isabella. No, there, there is absolutely none of that. He's just like, bye, I'm going to destroy you, Hawk. <laughs> Hawk's like, like Hawk, dude, I'm not, even, Hawk's like, I'm not even supposed to be here today. <laughs> like, what's going on? <laughs> so pretty much what it comes down to is that, that in entire plot line with the relic and everything else is gone oh that's horrible she's kind of a central character to the game now that i think about it like they even posted her in the first trailer for the game like, like the, the story makes complete sense without her well i don't know that's true that's true or do you think they should have made it like she was forced to pick up no well oh, that's hard See, the thing is though the story isn't Really, like, I mean, it's not even about that damn right. Knowing, yeah. <laughs> knowing what happens, it doesn't make any sense. But if you think about it, Hawk's story it makes perfect sense. I mean, you regardless of whether or not he gets the relic, he still stops the air shock, and like, that's all that take, matters in Act you Two. You can take out so many chunks of Dragon Age Two, and it still works. Yeah, no, that's true. And we like, also it's... talk about the fact that I didn't realize when I was supposed to flirt with people, and now I have no romance <laughs> yeah, options. Yeah. No Kimberly... one likes Kim. Okay, no, so she, she mentioned earlier she doesn't play a lot of Western RPGs. Um, uh, she was talking to me today. She's in the third act, and she says, when do I get to start flirting with people? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but here's the thing. and I'm Meryl and I were steady at that point. Here's the thing. I'm going to be completely here's honest. The, the dialogue choices that I had, because it's like for me it was either Anders and 
or Fenris, okay? Where the lines were so cheesy that, like, I couldn't... Fo- I was trying to play this game as me. It had a heart. It had a heart that's telling you that you should... No, force. you know what? I'm going to argue with this because the only time I got freaking hearts were for the girls, and I was not about to go down that awesome. road because the only girl I liked was Bethany, and she was my sister. So oh, we couldn't yeah, we, go we there. We talked about how creepy that was on the Alpha podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> creepy. And Andrews is just such an annoying character. I can't imagine... He is. I hate him. So I wanted to... Like, I'm so sad he was awesome in Awakenings. He was awesome in the uh, expansion pack. John, can you back me up on that? Uh, I, dude, I didn't play Awakenings. Oh, okay. I, okay. I have it sitting here. I haven't played it. I really liked him in Awakenings. He, yeah. he was pretty. I noticed as the game went on, my responses to him got like more sarcastic and mean because he was just driving me crazy. And Fenris, though, his last character scene—I don't know if you guys ever got to it—but it broke my heart. It's at awesome. The end. Oh Fenris my gosh! Awesome I re- like, he was. Fenris was such a good character because I hated him at first. That's I what I like him. about it. Like Bioware, their characters—they have faults. There's parts of them that you can absolutely hate, but as you go on, you start to realize why they are the way that they are, which I think yeah. is awesome. And I mean, over time, I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. You just start to like love Fenris for being such a violent bastard. He yeah, just he punches through like, people on a daily like basis. Somebody crosses Hawk, and you're just like, "Excuse me, Fenris, please crush this man's chest." And Fenris walks up, and he's like, "See." And, you know, I actually I, wanted to see a Fenris Anders fight, but it never happened. See, at least now. I, I you guys, you uh, Rob and Stephen, you had mentioned that you both did the whole Fenris destroy them. Mine was Varric make fun of them. <laughs> I also said I wish Varric was a rom- a romantic option in the game because he just the dialogue that comes out of him by having him in your party is just amazing. I love I st- it. I still have no desire to play Dragon Age 2 again. I started it and I just it's kind of like the same thing that happened with Mass Effect 2 where I didn't want to play Mass Effect 2 again and now it's like 6 months later and I'm playing it. So maybe down the line I'll play Dragon Age 2 again but because the choices really don't matter in the overall story. Things kind of develop the way that they're going to develop, and there isn't a lot of branching paths. I mean, I'll play through all of Dragon Age Origins just to get to the lands meet again, because the lands meet is so awesome. But Dragon Age 2, I, there's nothing that really draws me. I'm like, so what happened in Dragon Age 2? Act 1, I killed a lot of dudes. Act 2, I killed a lot of dudes who were related to the people you killed in act one yes and and a lot of kunari and then act three i killed a lot of dudes like you kill a lot of dudes in dragon age <laughs> the death like, count is ridiculous people that show up are either friends with you or they introduce you to people and at some point everybody you get introduced to tries to kill you <laughs> all right so kimberly you might want to cover your ears since you haven't gotten here yet um your last time Last time I had talked to you guys about uh, Dragon Age 2, and, and to our readers, this is spoilers for Meryl's character quest. Um, well, I'm listening. I wiped them out. I didn't care. You, 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 so you wiped I them out? What about I, I accidentally time. wiped them out. I tried to be nice, and they were like, we well, kill you now. What about you, uh, Steven? I killed every last one of them, and I felt justified. See, like, I felt like I got forced into killing all of them. Like, I do, I do agree. I feel like you should have been able to be like, dude, I'm just, I'm leaving. But because the the what was her name, the lady that ran the place, the keeper, she even said, you know, I'm doing this because I care about Meryl. And yeah, she does it, and Meryl feels bad, and then you have to slaughter the entire village. Yeah, they're elves. Nobody likes you elves. Sh- you shouldn't have to do that. Although I would have anyway, but. 
at that point, I think I was playing Hawk as like a grand cleanser of the land. So I was just like, <laughs> more people to kill. Seriously, he shoots people with a bow and they fall apart. See, Rob would have wanted like uh, like Megaton in Dragon Age 2. He's been like, <laughs> nuclear weapon? Hell yeah, I'm going to blow that up. Uh, no, actually, I saved... Bomb, if not to blow actually, up. in my first game of Fallout 3, I saved Megaton. Well, here's... here's with Fallout oh, here's 3 the thing. Here's the thing. Here <laughs> is the thing. <laughs> with Fallout the... 3 and Megaton, like, it's not like you're... The, the reason that I didn't want to blow up uh, Megaton was not because I was like, oh, I want to play this goody two-shoes, but it's that the guy who was telling me to was a dick. Yeah, like I wanted, I wanted to kill him more than I wanted to blow up the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there with you. I was there. Plus, there were a ton of quests to do. So I'm, I'm very much one of those people that's like, I'm not going to kill everybody. I have questing to do. Quest and then kill. Quest and then kill. Yes. Can I just say that I can never be mean in any of these games? Uh, You haven't lived. No, no, no. I completely agree, Kim. I. I like to play the good guy, but I unless it's a really funny, sarcastic option, or I no, that's the thing, like... Stephen. We are exactly alike because I will either pick the nice comment or I'll be sarcastic, but I will never pick the third comment that's just really mean. Yeah, like unless it's somebody who really deserves it. Like if somebody comes up and is just hassling me, I'm gonna be like, "All right, dude, shut your mouth." I think I did it like two or three times in Dragon Age Two, but never beyond that, which makes me in- interested on how I'm gonna play Mass Effect with everything because like, I've not played those games yet. So don't play I'm Mass Effect going... One. <laughs> Here's the thing: I played about five hours of one. I couldn't see what everybody was getting in a huff over of it, but. I kind of need to play it, though, I feel, to play 2, because everybody says 2 is a better game. So better I'm going to do see, it for that way. In Mass Effect 2, whenever I see that little red star and the right trigger, <laughs> it's just like, right trigger, right trigger, right trigger! The red only one I ever wanted to do was the one where you can um, you can punch the guy off like the, the sky highway thing. I love that mission. I absolutely love that mission where, like, you're crossing, you know, building to building. It kind of feels like Max Payne. Which, which was the mission? I can't remember. I'm almost positive Mass Effect 2, but you come upon a Volus who is, like, completely insane. And he thinks he's, like, got superpowers. And Shepard's oh, renegade yeah. action is hysterical. Because <laughs> it's just like Manuel from the first game where you punch Manuel in the face. But it's like, you're completely nuts. Boom, punch in the face, knock him out. <laughs> I think I send him into a room to try to kill people. <laughs> I'm a bad person. Guys, why can't I give in to the dark side? I, I kind of want to, but I can't like, do it. I would have been the guy that, that uh, you know, Vader's all like, you know, you must join the du- done. <laughs> Just like you haven't heard my you done. Rob, you kind of had you had an evil avatar, so I could see that. I well, I I think my avatar is still fairly evil. Yes, Sephiroth is. is... Oh yeah. I don't know, but we. Oh. <laughs> Poor, it away. Poor, poor podcast alpha that had all of this in it with <laughs> Rob cackling <laughs> about the Penny Arcade from five years ago. But it was so funny. Yes, he killed Christopher Robin. <laughs> all right. So I, I, one quick thing, and then we can go on to the next topic, even though we, we spent a lot of time on that. Um, I'm not going to go into spoilers because it's still really new, but uh, Arrival has one of the best Red Star Renegade moments ever like it's fantastic why is it that when you said that the first thing i i like imagined was you hitting the right star option and then just hearing a zipper 
I don't know. Yeah. I ask you, does it involve slapping? I don't know why, but I was just I just expect to hear, you know, see the renegade option with like the clang and then just zip. No, no, it's actually it's 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 a much more evil kind of badass option than a lot of them. Do you have the option to kill I need to play a rival? I don't feel Is like it I'm better than the disingenuous one. No, the the whole the disingenuous accusations thing is probably the best thing in the entire game. See, that's the game I want to play. I want a game where I can actually be the killer in Heavy Rain and kill that little jerk. <laughs> that's <laughs> the game I want. <laughs> that's how. Oh, guys, you just heard it. Rob does not have a soul. It's true. When I play Bioshock Two, I'm like easy enough. <laughs> now, I, you know what, <laughs> Rob, have you ever played any of the uh, the Deception games? So Deception, Kagero, or oh, you mean games where you lead people into traps and stuff. No, but I really need to. <laughs> like they're they're so archaic now, but like you, Trap for the PS2 is not bad, and you can find it for like three dollars. Um, but you just get to play as you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm evil. That's yeah, me. that that is me. Uh, I would, I mean. Ah, I am so evil. Like, when I play Fallout, I'm just like, eh, you're talking too much, and I just shoot him in the face. What's, like, the priestess kind of thing you can get in Fallout? Because when I played it in Fallout 3, that's definitely what I got when I took the quiz. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I played Fallout as the Joker at one point, where I just played, like, a grenade-heavy, like, just melee weapon going into towns and just randomly killing people. I just played him like the Joker, where I did all the dickhead responses and all the <laughs> things that were just like, you die now. See, you know what the best part it. of Fallout 3 was? It was so liberating, because I was like, wow, this guy was an absolute dick to me last night. And I'll be the first to admit, I screwed up Fable 3, because I kept giving all my money away. <laughs> and then I had nothing to protect <laughs> us for the final battle. And of course, it was like, you are not going to go down in history as one of the strongest leaders. And I was like, ouch. Like they, I think one of the, the best things that I remember was playing uh, Dragon Age Origins. And during the lands meet, I'm going to keep going to the lands meet. I either talk about the lands meet or Metal Gear Solid. That's what we figured out on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> during the lands meet, you help a character from one of the origin stories but the first time i played the game i played as a mage so you help out one of arl howe's uh like cousins or nephews or something like that i was like wow he seems like a really nice dude you know i'm glad i saved him and i got some respect and now i can i can use the howe's in order to make sure that i crown the proper king then i played the city elf origin and i found out that he was an elf rapist i was like that guy is a dick i wish i had killed him like a that was such a great moment of like connections between characters. Like this character put the shine on me as a mage and I believed him. I almost feel like Bioware, like they make you suspicious of all these characters and it's almost like you don't know who to trust. Yeah. It's like playing game of Thrones, only not as well written. Uh, Another good example of that actually is in mass effect two, when you meet the assassin, the girl who's like, Oh my God, I just want to leave. Help me. And you let her go. And then you find out five minutes later that she's like the vicious leader of a group of assassins and that she totally played you. Yep. Uh, Guys, I really hate to do this to us, but we're coming up on like 10 minutes to an hour. So, Stephen, can we maybe save your topic and we'll save my topic? And then maybe we'll do like a shorter podcast here in the next week or so to make up for the fact that we haven't recorded in a long time? Yeah. Okay. News. 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 I, I would say we need to make a news jingle, but then I'd feel like we're totally copying Weekend Confirmed, and I don't. But we can, do we can just yell news like news. 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 No, we should news. do it to the Blues Clues theme. 
Blues news. Blues news. Tim, you're so like full of sunshine and daffodils. I just want to strangle a puppy right now. (laughs) No, that puppy has feelings. Not when I'm done with them. All right. Wow. I I have to mute my microphone for a second because I'm about to burst out laughing because my cat has rolled herself up in the carpet and is now attacking the carpet that she can't get out of. I'll be right back. All right. News. Renegade for life. News. Final (laughs) Fantasy VI coming to the virtual console. Exciting. Exciting. Best Final Fantasy ever. Well, here's what's great about it is we haven't got a bunch of remakes of it, so I think people can appreciate playing it again. I would totally agree. I would totally agree. It's a fantastic game. It's my favorite Final Fantasy. I I understand the complaints, people saying it's overrated, but I think it has a f- tremendous cast. You could say that about any Final oh, Fantasy, that's, though. That's I just Final love Fantasy. the complete. I love the completely open-ended second half, where yeah. you can, you can get like two characters and go fight Kefka. But the thing is about that, actually, uh, first you should get two characters. You should get Silas, and then you should go back, get Mog, and then win the game. Yes. No, Umaro. Um, I'm sorry, Umaro and Mog. Okay, but Mog is key here, and uh, is key. the thing about that is a lot of games have like open-ended second halves or like open-ended sequences like that. But the thing that Six did so well is the fact that it was open-ended, but there was still an actual plot there. Yes, yes, I I adore Six. I I really really do. I adore Six. It's a great game. All right, so more news. News. More news. news. So is this gonna uh, make me laugh when I open it? Yes. <laughs> I think so. What the uh, hell? <laughs> that's what Umaro. is that? Oh, that's come a... on. Tampa Bay scored. That's oh, Umaro. Umaro on top of big Sorry. snowball. He's going to throw the snowball. And he's, he's flexing. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, what, one, one quick note about Final Fantasy VI to Virtual Console. Um, since... Uh, Square has done so much to make sure that we got all the numbers right in North America. Uh, it will be called Final Fantasy III on the Virtual Console because it's the Super Nintendo version <laughs> from North America. Awesome. Way wow. to confuse everybody. Wow. What a great way to confuse people again. Oh, my God. I hate Square. No, that's think, not fair. Well, I think to... I think this is Nintendo's deal. So. Come on, wah, Square. Wah, wah. Uh, Square Enix is working on an iOS and Android title that we know almost nothing about. Vagrant Story 2. This time it's Ashley Riot. Oh, God. Rob doesn't want that. Do not Ashley want it. going to have Advent no. Children quality cutscene. Wait. Oh, Wait. Oh, oh. Just put the Ashley. dagger. Yeah, hey, Rob, it's going to be a side story called Ashley Riot. Riot Control. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, just put the dagger in my heart. How many zippers is he wearing? Ten. And he also has a snowboard. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, have they hinted the to where this is quick. going at all or anything? No. No, we we have like no idea what this game is at all. Uh, we just know that Square is working on an iOS and Android I, game. I hope it's. I'm the sure Final they'll announce it during E3. Just I hope to keep the, things fun. I hope it's the Final Fantasy VII remake on Android. That um, would drive people crazy. <laughs> it would literally drive people to insanity. And you'd have like stuff all over the internet with people talking about how now, oh, iOS is now a legitimate gaming platform, and it has well, a Final Fantasy. Well, it already has three of them now. More news: Hyperdimension Neptunia Two. If you like your video game consoles as women with breasts, what? There Wait, is what? going to be a Wait, second. The Here's the game. funny thing about the second one. It's go it's like making fun of portable systems, but it's on the PS3, so people think that's 
good irony. I think it's just they can only make games for the PS3. So I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. So uh, yeah, if you like your your video game consoles as as Avatar no, and there's boobs. no doubt there's an audience for those types of games, and I'm sure they're going to enjoy no, no. this one. I, I'm being serious. Like, if you like the first Hyperdimension Neptunia, there's going to be another one. If you Expect didn't... Expect more Thunder Tits. Yes. If, oh, for... if I would you turn didn't... The it's like the worst line of dialogue ever. I can't, like, every time I think of the game, I think of that line. <sighs> I would literally shut the game off. <laughs> well, that's what John did after yeah. he heard it. I have, I have the achievement for starting up Hyperdimension Neptunia, and then I sent it to Dennis. <laughs> God More bless news. Dennis. Uh, Chrono Trigger coming to the European Virtual Console. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Aww. Aww. Is it on the American? Is it on the American Virtual Console? No. Oh. Here's my thing with that. Like we got such a, like a remake of it that I almost feel like you wouldn't need to do the VC. But yeah, yeah the penguin scored. The best play version of Chrono Trigger is the DS version. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, <sighs> 3DS Zelda Ocarina of Time, June nineteenth. Maybe I'll actually like it this time. I agree. I, Maybe I will like it too. Maybe this will be a worthwhile title because I know when I got my 3DS, it was very underwhelming. I'm glad I didn't get one. Aren't, you know, we got it on release day, and I was so excited. And then I don't know why I picked Sims 3 for my t- launch title. Ouch. It was a bad, bad decision. How, how bad do the regular DS games look on it? I know a lot of people have been complaining. Okay. So, um. It depends on the game where you'll see like a degradation of graphics quality. You can hold select and load the game and it will load it in its standard resolution, which puts it on like a two inch screen. Um, the only game that I've really noticed a significant difference is Pokemon. And it's mostly in the text. The text looks weird. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's also interesting because it's a major release right around the time of the 3DS yeah. launch. It, it's it's not the end of the world. It's it, I think it's less of an issue than most people are are claiming. Hmm. Do we know about NGP M, uh, NGP backwards compatibility yet? Uh, no, not yet. But I think it's got the same. Uh, it's same... not using UMD. So Weren't they saying the release date oh, was going to oh. be in the fall for that? <laughs> they basically sorry. want to re-release a lot of the games digitally, so you can play them online. Yeah, backwards mm-hmm. compatibility. Sorry, on I, I I was thinking in terms of how it will appear on the screen with the different resolutions. But, oh, my fault. Um, any any games that you have purchased off the PlayStation Network, you can download to your NGP and play. That's awesome. That's I, I would pick up an NGP then, so I could find no, it. I want one totally. That way I could find yeah, it. Yeah, like, I would totally so. have I one of those I, things. I, I don't think that I, game. my games would fit on the NGP because my 32 gig memory stick is almost full. I, I just want to play Tactics Ogre. Okay. I, one of my students actually came upstairs, and it, it warmed my heart. Uh, like one of my seniors that's graduating this year, he came up and he was like, "Mr. Steinman, have you ever played a game called Final Fantasy Tactics?" <laughs> I just looked at him. I was like, "Sean, I love you." He was like, "It is such an awesome game." I was like, "Did you get Orlando?" He's like, "Yes." Did like, he kill everything in one hit? I, yeah, I, he did. I, felt, I felt like I was talking to a cultured child. I was like, <laughs> "You know the ways of the world, my friend." It's like Shakespeare, Twain, Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Now, o- only the War of the Lines version, because the PS1 version makes no sense. He's playing the PS1 version. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's the best version to start with. Wah, he deserves wah. to start with that version. Yeah, the the version where it's like, wait, is Ramza somebody different from Ramsa? <laughs> I'm confused. I don't know, but all I know is 
you got to watch out because Rich is about to drop in and we're screwed. <laughs> All right. White Knight Chronicles 2 for North America. It got announced for Europe not too long ago. D3 Publisher is bringing it to North America. They brought us uh, the Blue Dragon games for the DS. There. You know what? I actually really like Blue Dragon Awakened Shadow. So I feel mixed emotions about this because I didn't really like the first game. Like I felt it was so short of realizing its full potential, but I feel like maybe the second time around they can get it right. It has the greatest annoying boss theme in any game ever. You know what? I was so excited for the game, too. I went out, I got the strategy guide, I got it on release day, was so amped to play it, and I could not get past five the five-hour mark. So I'm hoping that the second one can rectify all that. Isn't it coming with uh, White Knight Chronicles 1? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There's a giant middle finger. <laughs> oh! Why? No, it, no it, here's the thing. It's not a middle finger. It In, in Japan... You had it came with it came with it in Japan too. Yeah, I know. I and, know. and you had to complete the first White Knight Chronicles before you could even start White Knight Chronicles two. There's another middle finger. <laughs> sorry, well, not, I, sorry, Bioware. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I, I I may have blanked out. You have to finish the first game on the second game's disc before you can play the second game. No, for the or, Japanese version. In the Japanese version, or have clear data from the first game. So that would basically be like Bioware saying, "Yes, Mr. Steinman, you wanted to play Mass Effect two, but we're gonna make you play Mass Effect one first. Pretty yeah. much. Wow. No, thank you. Luckily, North America doesn't have that problem. Um, the if, if White Knight Chronicles 2 is good, I don't know. I haven't read Japanese reviews. Um, might be worth playing the first one with the second game. You know what? Everything deserves know. a second chance, so we'll see how it pans out. That's what I keep telling the world. I remember, believe me. What? I don't know. I remember I played like like two or three hours of the first White Knight Chronicles, and like I actually kind of liked it. Steven, you like everything. Well, Stephen, I promised you cookies if you review that, so we'll see what happens on hey, that. Wait, wait a minute, what so do I get they... cookies for? I don't know. When do you write anything? Oh, oh, oh. jerk! Wow, that's pod. No, no, I realized the only way I could get as managing editor, the only way I could get people to do things, was to promise food. So that has been my new tactic, and it's worked wonderfully. Reviews. I'm just giving you crap, Rob. Shut up. I, it's not like I did anything for them. You're mean. Yeah. Oh, oh. I've only reviewed things that I liked so far, so I have to take one for the team. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true. I've taken one for the team more than anybody here, so. I think, oh, no. I think my review, uh, like, average is around, like, an 85, because, let's see, what have I reviewed? Mass Effect 2, um, <laughs> Fallout Demon's 3, Souls. New Vegas. Like, I've reviewed nothing but great games. Even, like, New yeah. Vegas, which I kind of hate, is still a decent game. Well, me and John, what would, what did we calculate mine at? Was it 77 or 78? A 78? A 77, which is just about average on our scale, so. Mm -hmm. But now, wait a minute. No, I'm not going to get into that bee's nest. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm we're not. to be good. Yeah, 75 <laughs> is average on our scale. If you don't like it, that's unfortunate. Yeah, deal with it. It's called that's high school. It's how we do it. Even though I just read it half my class and take points <laughs> off. It's gonna happen. <laughs> okay. Har Harvest Moon: Tale of Two Towns for both the DS and 3DS. Nobody cares but Kim. No, nobody. Kim cares. I said nobody cares but Kim. Also available to pre-orderers is the Charles Dickens version: A Tale of Two Cities. <laughs> witty, witty, witty. Wait, wait, but... wait. The the Tale of Two Cities is that like a sequel to Dante's Inferno? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> okay. 
You're getting off base I'm lost. here. <laughs> this will be the first title for Harvest Moon on the 3DS. Exciting. What would be more exciting? For them to announce Rune Factory Oceans, which I am patiently waiting for. And I was very upset when they teased an ocean for their <laughs> new game and it ended up to be some fishing game that <laughs> nothing to do with it. Oh, that's like the dudes that thought that the new Capcom game was going to be a breath of fire and it turned out to be Dragon's Dogma. Bitter, bitter, bitter. But, you know, I, I really liked Rune Factory. I think the Rune Factory series take a step up from everything because it's not so focused on farming. You have the battle aspects, and the characters have been way better in it. So I would rather have Rune Factory Oceans. But, you know, at this point, I'm going to take what I can get. Cool. More news. Right. So I, I have written here Dragon Age, and I have an arrow and Mass Effect. Oh, uh, that would be that you can get a free copy of Mass Effect 2 with Dragon Age Oh, 2. yes. Yes, Dragon Age uh, 2. I just fight. understood John's language. <laughs> uh, it's not easy. If you buy Dragon Age 2 for any platform before the end of this month, you can get a free copy of the PC download. Is it, is, it's without the Cerberus code? I honestly don't know. But it, if for some reason... For some reason, you're like, oh, I want Dragon Age 2, and you don't have Mass Effect 2, which I don't know where that scenario would come from. Um, John, me, Pure right insanity. here. That is insulting to me, right here. Ouch. Way to go, John. Way to go. Yeah. For but real. now, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, is this a sign? Is this like Bioware being absolutely awesome, giving out a free copy of Mass Effect Two? No. Okay. Or is this an apology? <laughs> no. This it's it's neither. It's neither. It's the sneakiest thing in the world, and it's an awesome marketing move. So, take me. I already own Mass Effect Two, both for PC and for Xbox 360. Hey, big spender. Uh, I. Dragon Mass Effect 2 for PC was like $8, and I wanted to see if I could find any good mods. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, have it already. Gave it away to one of my friends on Facebook. He loves it. So, my friend Jake, he's probably going to buy Mass Effect 3. Yeah, you got a point there. Yeah. You know, sharing is caring. So, yeah. I th this really is kind of, okay, you know, Dragon Age 2 has sold... One million copies, or however much it sold until this, yeah, to this point. I think it's their fastest sell. No, and it's smart copies. because you know the third game is on the horizon. It'll get people into the series who probably yeah. haven't. Played I, it. I guess the cynic in me was just looking at it as like. Well, I think you're looking at it as like if I bought Dragon Age two, I probably already own Mass Effect two. I kind of I kind of saw it as well. You bought Dragon Age two, you spent thirty hours, beat it, you don't want to play it again, so here's a better game. Oh it's, yeah, yeah. Ouch. See, yeah. You enjoyed this game for 30 hours. We need to apologize <laughs> for your $2 an John, hour entertainment. John, God, you and I, I John, out you, in that one Republic song right now, John, you and I talked about this. I, I loved Dragon Age 2. I really enjoyed it. It has problems and it definitely like underwhelmed me a little bit, but it's still a fine game. I think the people that are giving it three out of 10, four out of 10 are way oh. off base. Like, Even like, when like, Bioware doesn't completely succeed, they still succeed because it's still better than half of what is out there. It's right still like, better than Final Fantasy yeah. 13. Yeah, we talked about this on, on <laughs> podcast Alpha, but I'm playing Divinity 2 and I'm struggling. Like, it, I, I know a lot of people like this game, and I know a lot of people don't, but I'm really struggling, and it's, you know, this is a game that, that's I, across the board kind of gotten sixes and sevens, and 
I, I don't get it. Like, how can you score this game a seven and Dragon Age two a seven? I, I don't know if there's any websites like that. I haven't gone and done this research. But I've done the research. It actually brings up a great point because I've run into this with some of my reviews too, is that people want you to like give other games a break because they don't have the budget that the other games have and you should just look at it as what they're doing is still good even though it's not going to compare to a company like bioware which to, and and this is to be totally candid this happens sometimes on rpg fan you look at some of our our indie game reviews for for pc indie games and it's done by a pretty specific staff it, it's like the same three or four people that do our indie reviews and you look at some and you know they get scored <laughs> high eight what he got Sorry, by his cat. My, my cat clawed oh. my feet because she found them. <laughs> oh, okay then. Um, but you look at these games and they get high 80s, and I go, is this game really a high 80? Because if I were to review one of these indie games, it, you know, despite the fact that it's good for an indie game, it would probably get somewhere in the 60s from me because it's like, well, this looks like crap. The dialogue is not very good. The story is okay, and the battle system is archaic. But it's good for an indie game. Yeah, it's hard uh, to review those. I mean, that this is why, you know, for me, I would just prefer not... I hate scoring games, honestly. I think it's one of the reasons why I've kind of been shying away from reviews a little bit on the site. I hate scoring games. I hate well, it. Well, it feels like no matter what you score them, you can't win. I run into this problem a lot with the Harvest Moon series because when I finally find one that starts to do some a little right, like, I want to reward it. But compared to other games, it's so hard because you don't base a Harvest Moon game how you'd base like a normal RPG. It's really hard to uh, articulate and get what I'm saying right here, but it's very difficult. You want to, when it's taking steps in the right direction to reward it. But Mm -hmm. if you do it too much, it's like, well, it's not up to par with say like a Bioware game or something like that, like Mass Effect 2, but Mm -hmm. it can get a pretty high score for me because I'm really excited at where the games are heading. Yep, and at the end of the day, as long as it's better than Final Fantasy thirteen, I can enjoy it. Rob. I'm sorry. Let it go. <laughs> well, you know what, John? Go, I'm Rob. gonna actually say this with Final Fantasy, and I don't want to go in a long spree about it, but people hold those games to a high standard. We wait a couple years between releases. They're never right away. And I think people have this high expectation from them because they've grown up with the Final Fantasy games. And when they just miss so much on what would be decent, it, it hurts. Because like even with Final Fantasy 13, I waited so long for it. I loaded it up. I'm like at the 15 hour mark, probably about now, and I can't see what would compel me to play on further. Yeah, and eight that's more annoying. hours and it's supposed to get good. Final Fantasy 12 was a game that I've tried to restart now six times and it still has never grabbed me. And that's disappointing because I got that game on release date with the intent, like, I'm going to play this so much, you know? And I think when you have a lot of stock in a particular series and it lets you down, it's really hard to ignore that. Yep, I would agree. I mean, and to... And to comment on that, it's like she said, it's, you know, how many years between Final Fantasies? I got two college degrees in the time between Final <laughs> Fantasy 12 and 13. Guys. Well, yeah, you can't really master- blame it on them trying to get them out faster than usual. You know what I'm saying? Like Dragon Age 2, the common complaint is, well, you know, Origins took about 10 years. This one takes, you know, less development time. Of course, it's not going to be on par with it. Mm-hmm. But Final Fantasy, they kind of have longer development times than you know, the average, whatever, RPG. So you're kind of sitting there like, well, I want something really good. And it's Guys, not there. Remake that was totally worth 30 years for. 
Pac-Man Championship Edition DX. That's true. Oh, oh my God. That game is awesome. I would agree with that. Uh, so we got like 10 minutes over an hour. Do we have any other news stories? Or one we... new. One last news. Xenoblade coming to Europe. Don't. Okay. <laughs> come to Thank North you. America, please, because that would make me happy. Between that and the last story, I am waiting for us to bring those two over. The Here's We the... Need Some Love. Here's what Nintendo is saying. They're looking at us and they're going, well, we have two really good RPGs on the Wii that you like. You know what I think of that? I want to take I gotta say, Stephen, that was a little forced. Stephen, that Stephen, that was a little forced. I was gonna try to set you up better for that. I know. I just I had to. That play. was really, really forced. We're better than that. We are better than that. Go and sit can there. assure everyone that we're better than that because it was on the one that we didn't record. Yes, and it was really, really. <laughs> it was. It was much funnier the last time. It was epic the first time. Between that and how I had to mute my mic because I saw the picture of Winnie the Pooh dressed that up. That was such a good podcast. This one's equally good, but you know what? There are good unscripted moments that will never get back. But you got to move on. Oh. Okay, last piece of news. Uh, Grand Knights history for PSP, Vanillaware's newest game. That's the guys who made Odin Sphere and Miramasa. Can I just say something? Odin Sphere, I've tried to play various times. I get that it's a pretty game, but it never did anything amazing. I think we should bring Kim on the show more often. She's both a hater and she's, like, innocently good. <laughs> sure. I, 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 <laughs> Odin Sphere got annoying for me, like, midway through, but yeah. I like it was worth it for me. See, for me, it wasn't. It was a really pretty game, but that can't be all a game has going for it. I agree. Like Final Fantasy Thirteen. <laughs> Final Fantasy Thirteen has an excellent soundtrack, and it has fun gameplay. Wait, are you I'll really like, not going to touch on the news of um, Persona 4, the anime? Oh, I forgot. That was something that, that was on Podcast Alpha. Yes, there's a Persona 4 anime, not Persona 4 PSP. And I have to sit here and say that I'm glad about that. Now, people will argue with me, but I am personaed out at this point. I am not. Three for me was great. Like, that was so new for me. I got to four, and I felt so jaded by the time I got to four. I liked the characters better in three. Four came around. It refined everything in the battle system, but it wasn't as great as it could have been. Something felt missing. And so when I sit here and try to think of what that is, it's because it came way too soon. And at this point, I'd rather have them working on a Persona 5. And we get that in a couple of years. Two years, I can probably take. Three, even. But too much Persona, too soon. I'm going to wake me up. Will you wake me up? So, so guys, I this is something that I think Rob will like. Um, Jason Schreier, who is a writer for Wired Game Life, which is a really nice website. Um, he just tweeted this, and he says, I just started Heavy Rain. I can see why so many gamers didn't like it. You have to take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> that is quality humor. It Did he get quality. to the part where nothing makes sense, and everyone tries to kill you, and the killer's identity is hidden by a stupid plot point? It's oh, not even a plot God. point. It's just nonsense. <laughs> But you know, David Cage says that he did something incredible. I'm sorry, I, I, I no, Rob. Uh, we are we already talked about it, and you already outed Heavy Rain too. I really <laughs> wish that I was on this podcast when you guys discussed it. Because, you would have lost, Rob. You would have been schooled. How can yeah. you school me with my plot holes with this game? 
If it makes you feel any better, Kim, he was already schooled, so it's no big deal. How was I schooled? You guys all bowed down to me and my awesomeness and my ability to use reason and logic. Wow, that must have Rob, been Podcast Rob, 18 Alpha, the one that yeah. <laughs> Rob, Rob claims that he listens to these podcasts after they're recorded. Can I ask him a question? Are you schizophrenic because you think people are agreeing with you that aren't really there? God. No, I wasn't saying that everybody agreed with me. I'm saying that everybody resulted in the, well, it made me feel like I was an experience. And I was like, yeah, but I didn't care. Well, you know then you the did it wrong. Big plot hole that I can see you is with the whole office scene where Shelby has to erase all the prints and everything. Up until that point, everything else made sense to me. No, nothing else made <laughs> sense. It was. Just, I love how how the killer will try to kill you at the end of the game if you did everything right. That, and, all right. You know, what, I, you know what? I love that game, but I agree. It's like, oh, you did it. You've proven that you're a father who's willing to go to any length for his son. Time to die. <laughs> You know what? Sometimes games need to take you by surprise, and this has been a problem that has been happening. Like, no, guys, the... hmm. I figured it out. The origami killer is the guy from Indigo Prophecy. <laughs> or the origami killer? Or origami. Origami. origami killer. The origami killer? Oregano. What the hell? Okay, before we stop this podcast, I'm supposed to say just like Ninja Hedgehog, so I'm going to apply this to heavy rain for star mongoose who is a great listener and board member for us let's what yeah that's better than podcast alpha where you wholesale insulted our readers yeah that's much better <laughs> you know what i was making a joke okay steven you're an english major right oh, oh. here we go okay i was after I left college, I couldn't read a book for a long time because all I did <laughs> oh, in my college so life was read a lot. So by the time I got, I was like looking for something else. No, Rob, stop it. I know you're going to try to turn this against me. <laughs> I'm really glad sometimes that that podcast didn't come <laughs> first, but... Yeah, right after that podcast, she's like, guys, can we cut that out? I feel really bad. <laughs> You know, because sometimes, well, I find it with my writing. People will twist my words around. So I know if I came into this making a joke, it would be like, Kimberly hates everyone. She just insulted everyone. <laughs> See, I do hate everyone. So that's so everybody just expects it. Remember, I'm the guy who only likes demon souls. But See, I'm Rob, the guy who evidently likes everything. Well, I couldn't, okay? so That's okay. I would have blown up Megaton in a heartbeat. Again, remember, you know, join me in the dark. Done. Wait, I haven't even told you why yet. <laughs> no, I'm good. We still need to have a fight over Kingdom Hearts, but we're going to have to wait till another All right. time. All right. Well, I'll win that fight. No, Just you like won't. you won the Heavy Rain fight. <laughs> heavy Rain. All right. We're done. We, we're Chocolate in... Rain. <laughs> yes. Some we're... say dry will others feel the pain. Chocolate Rain. <laughs> yes, Kim, that was the I'm joke. I'm done now, really. Kim, that You're was... never going to let me back on again. Kim, that was the joke. That was. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. It'll get in my head. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Uh, for myself, for Kim, for John, for Steven, for Zach in Japan. He is safe and sound, and we will hopefully try to get him on the podcast at some point. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Make sure you subscribe through the RSS feed. Yes, I did win the heavy rain debate, and no, we're out. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. <laughs> Bye, guys.